great. Hello, good evening. Hi. Hi. Hmm. It's sweet to sit together. This is really special. This is really, really special. Hmm. It's um, it's really a privilege to be sitting together this time of the year. It's a uh, both both for me to be here with with my dear friends and colleagues, whom I love, and to spend this time with you, and looking forward to practicing more with you as the week goes on and meeting you in person and serving you. So really it feels, um, especially around this, this time of the new year with the transition, um, even though it's just the construct of the mind, really, this time thing, you know, the calendar and all that, but still there's, there's something that feels poignant about it. Um, it's really a great time, which is one reason why you're here to to get out of our usual mode of busyness um, and work, and for many of us, overwork, to get out of the usual mode of autopilot and to slow down, to uh, to come home to ourselves, to really come home. So coming to retreat, it's like coming home to yourself or discovering yourself sitting with yourself. And it's not always easy, it's not always fun, not every moment of it, but overall it's very rewarding. That's why we keep coming back. We keep coming back. Retreat. I was thinking of the word retreat. Treat. It's such a treat to be on retreat. And and you know, this this retreat, actually this time, the, the re, um, the reason why this retreat is a lottery retreat, as you figured, um, is because this time of the year is so popular, right? To to sit and reflect and take time away. And yay, we're all here. <laughs> yay. So the good fortune for all of us to be here, to reorient, regroup, retreat, to find renewal, solitude. Solitude with a hundred people, but solitude. And to really find intimacy with ourselves again. Because when we get too busy sometimes, too, um, too distracted, it seems like we, sometimes we become a stranger from ourselves. And sitting with, sitting with, just simply sitting, finding our way home to our heart is something that we're doing together here. Far from the madding crowd, title of an old book, madding, old word for frenzied, far from the frenzied world. It kind of feels nice to be far from the frenzied world, especially today, this morning, with our ritual of, of uh, giving up for those of you who chose to do that, giving, getting yourself away, giving, giving up your, your digital um, equipment 
phones, cell phones, etc. You took took another step to to get yourself more closer to home, to your heart, finding your way home, intimacy with yourself, and further away from the madding crowd, from the frenzied pace of life that technology represents. I mean, I love technology. I've been a technologist for some of you who might know my background. I was a computer scientist and uh, did research for many years. Um, So nothing against technology. And there is a time for giving it up and just being simple. Just being simple. Getting in touch with what is most important to us. Get away from media and advertising which tries to convince us of what should be important to us, the products that we should be buying and what actually happiness means. You will be happy if. It's been so interesting to observe um, so many products really try to sell themselves as if you got this product, you will be happy. So away from all of that to really get in touch with what is important to us and whether our lives are actually aligned with our highest aspirations, whether we are living the way we really want to live, if we had a short time to live. I mean, on on a cosmic scale, we all have a very short time to live. It's like a blip on the radar, our lifetimes. So how are we spending our our short, one, precious life. It's, it's a great time to, to sit, a great time to retreat, to reflect. And I touched on our good fortune for being here because really, um, appreciating our good fortune is one way to to start by warming and tending to the heart. Um, We all are very blessed to be here. We have so many blessings, even if there are many things that are not going right in our bodies, in our lives, but we have a lot of blessings just to be here. You have the blessing of good enough health to be sitting here right now, not to be homebound or bedbound. You've managed to bring yourself here. You've had the blessing of some support, some resources through however way it has come your way for you to be here. You have the blessing of of a mind that that operates, you know, um, a mind that works. Um, It's interesting, that's particularly poignant for me because my mom has dementia now, so I see how, how precious it is to have a mind that, that operates, that is clear, that cognizes, that knows. Does we just we take that I have taken for granted for so long. So we all have that privilege, that blessing. No matter how bad our sits go, we still have all those blessings that we can co- come back to to really ah, to warm our heart, to tenderize, to um to gladden, to really gladden our heart and gladden our mind, to recount our blessings. And again, it's not a way to bring in um, feeling of guilt or responsibility, but just to gladden the heart and the mind. 
to recount the good fortune. Usually at this time of the year, um, I think of this Latin phrase that I, that I like, um, respice, adspice, prospice. Respice is look behind, adspice, look here, and prospice, look ahead. So look back, look here, and look ahead. It's kind of taking stock, right? And that's often what I associate with, with this transition, the New Year's transition, to really take stock, looking back, present, and looking forward. In this practice, we don't so much contemplate, actively contemplate, the past and the present, because they're, both of them are contained in the present moment. So we sit with the present moment. And it's actually pretty cool, if you think about it, Everything that has happened, everything in the past, respice, all of that has led to this present moment. It has made this present, has caused this present moment to come to fruition. So when you're sitting in the present moment, it's, it's all already here. And some of it actually does come up, uh, as you have probably experienced today, and will experience some feelings, thoughts, memories, emotions will come up from the past. And not so much planning for the future actively, but, but setting the intention, but setting the intention, because all the moments in the future that haven't been created yet, they get birthed from the intention that you set in this moment. So in this practice, this week, as we're sitting here, just right here, right now, it is, in a way, looking back, looking here, looking ahead, by just fully, fully inhabiting the present moment, fully allowing, embracing, accepting all that is, and setting intention. Also, it's interesting to contemplate that this retreat is happening over what's called the holidays. The holidays. I like to think um, of holidays, and I've learned this from Eugene, as holy days. Holidays, holy days. So, so thinking, contemplating it as, as the sacredness in every moment. So holy days, holy moments, the sacredness in every moment, and especially being on retreat, having entered the, the sacred space of the retreat, inhabiting, experiencing the holidays as a string of, of sacred moments right here, right now, and really appreciating both the, the holy, the, the sacred, and the ordinariness of every moment that are completely intertwined. We completely take for granted, I mean, our, our consciousness, for example, being aware of this reality, 
we completely take that for granted usually. Oh, yeah, we're awake and, you know, we're doing this and we're going about and going to l- lunch or dinner and we're just thinking and doing. and th- You just take it for granted, this magnificent manifestation of reality, magnificent manifestation of consciousness that is this, that is us. In some ways it is the ordinary and in some ways it is the holy, it is the sacred. So practicing when, when I bring in the idea of, of the sacred or the holy, not so much to strive and try to be, but just being simple. It's, it's in a way being simple, effortless, being with the flow of, of, of this raw humanness, of whatever arises in the moment, embracing whatever arises in the moment with simplicity, with humility. Effortless effort, effortless effort. The kind of practice that specifically this week will be guiding you through step by step every morning, the instructions will build on each other day by day. And this practice is inspired by um, a teacher, uh, this particular type of practice that we'll be offering on this retreat is inspired by a teacher that many of us have practiced with. Um, in fact, I think all of us. Utejaniya, um, and his style is one of, um, I like to think of as effortless effort, and there is a sense of openness um, and perhaps choiceless awareness is another phrase that could be used for it, which is an openness of embracing in everything that anything that comes up, um, and we'll talk more about that. We'll all talk about that more. But I just wanted to plant the seed and bring the idea of effortless effort um, in, because as as brought as it was brought up this morning, uh, inviting you to have this um, to to practice twenty four seven continuously. That's only possible. If you're not putting in heroic effort, if you're if you're putting heroic effort and, and trying and, and and practicing as if you're climbing a mountain and a lot of strain, it's really really hard to practice 24/7. It, it'll it, it'll get exhausting. You you'll pass out after an hour. It, it's it's tiring. But with a level of with a certain level of um, effortless effort, it can be sustained. So give you an example of that. What does that mean? Let's just practice that way together for a moment. Okay, so you're sitting and you're listening to me. So are you aware that you're hearing? Are you aware that you're hearing right now? Yes? Yes? Anyone not aware that you're hearing right now? Okay. How much effort did it take for you the moment I asked you, are you aware that you're hearing? Just check in with yourself. How much effort did that take? Was it a huge effort? No, I'm seeing shaking heads. 
was it just, ooh, just a little bit, a tiny bit of effort. It was effortless effort. You just had to redirect your attention in a way, right? Yeah. So that level of effort. And you, right now you're sitting. Can you feel that you're sitting right now? Can you feel your bottom on the cushion? Okay. That's the level of effort. It's natural. It's natural effort in this practice. And that's the kind of effort you can sustain 24-7. This kind of effortless effort in Taoism, I like to bring that in, is uh, called Wu Wei Wu. And one example that they offer is the way the planets effortlessly do this, do the Wu Wei Wu, revolving without any sort of sort of control, force, or attempt to revolve themselves, instead engaging in effortless and spontaneous movement without striving. Without striving. So, so some of you might have come on retreat. Okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to sit. and there is, there is a difference between having an intention, having an aspiration, and having an expectation. And I want to separate those two. So the word aspiration, it kind of, it, it, it's related to aspire, to, in, to, to breathing. It's, it lifts you up when you, when you are inspired, when you aspire to something. It feels very different in the body when you're inspired, when you aspire to come here and practice and be with yourself and be with whatever arises and, um, to develop a heart that's a heart of compassion and develop wisdom. These are all beautiful aspirations. Expectation, on the other hand, it feels tight in the body. You expect something to happen. I expect to get enlightened by day seven or I want my money back. It's it's just this expectation. It's tight. It's, oh, it chokes you. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like aspiration. It doesn't lift you up. It chokes you. Feel in your body when you're practicing whether there is inspiration or expectation. The two, you can, you can feel the difference in your body. See if you, the body is tight. And it's okay. It's not a sin for the body to be tight. We don't have sin in Buddhism. This is all cool. It's just, it just hurts. That's all. It just hurts. There's no problem. It just hurts. But just recognize what is happening. And, ah, oh, okay. Can I let it go? No, I can't let it go. I have all these expectations. I want this and that happen. Okay. I see it clearly. clearly. This is what's happening. This is what the truth of the moment is. And sit with that. Sit with that. So, the beginning of the retreat, this is just the end of the first day, and we're still all arriving. It takes days to arrive. 
If you've done retreats before, you know that from your own first-hand experience. It takes time to arrive. It takes, you know, a couple of days to arrive, two, three days sometimes. And this, if this is your first retreat, welcome. It'll take you days to arrive. And it's all okay. It's part of learning. It's part of developing this patience, knowing yourself. What, what is very common the first day or two, and I just want to remind those of you who've done retreats and, and um, just normalize for those of you who are new, which are many of you actually, uh, which is great, yay, first retreat. So you might have felt sleepy today. You might have felt really, really tired. This is completely normal. We have a technical word for it. We call it the swamps. Anyone experienced the swamps today? Let me show of hands. Keep it up. Keep it up. Look around. Please look around for a moment. You're not alone. This is what happens. It's okay. You come from a busy, full life. You're going 80 miles an hour. You're sleep deprived. You come to a silent retreat. And guess what? All of that sleep debt catches up with you. Of course, of course, it's okay. Be gentle with yourself. Be kind with yourself. In fact, when that is the case for people and they're forcing themselves to stay awake and they're berating themselves and I say, take a nap. That's what the body needs. Just take a nap and trust that your mind will be fresh when, when it's rested. I take naps the first couple of days I retreat. And, and I trust, I know the process by now, that I know that by day three, by day three my mind will be fresh. Uh, but if I, if I resist and refuse to be gentle and kind to it, oh, it's going to take much longer to settle. It's going to take much longer to settle. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of a joke. Um, so if you're kind and gentle with your body, it will it will actually take less time to settle. It will be easier. The gentle way is the fastest way. If you're, if you're tight, if you're harsh, if you're like, oh, I should do this, I fear I've come on, I only have seven days, I really have to sit up, it'll take you longer. It's kind of counterintuitive. So the joke is, I'll see if I can relate it, but um, so... Um, Um, this guy has their uh, friend come and visit, and and he, he asks, uh, "How long? So how long are you going to stay?" He says, "Oh, if if I have a great time, I'll stay for a week. If I have an awful time, I'll stay for a month." <laughs> Didn't translate. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny to try to explain a joke, right? Okay, maybe I have to give some background to the joke. So, 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 okay, so I was translating this joke from Farsi, okay, from, which is my native tongue from, from my culture. Okay, and in my culture, and, and I didn't do a really good translation, so I was trying to map. Okay, so I'll give you the context. So, so, so in my culture, 
when when family, when relatives go in, for example, from one city and visit the other, they stay for a long time. And you're kind of wondering, like, well, how long are they going to stay? Are they going to leave? And the original joke, I think, was about in-laws. You know, in-laws come and they're coming from another, you know, state. They're coming and, you know, after, you know, after a few days, you're like, how, how long are you going to stay? And say, oh, if, you know, yeah, if, if you should give us great hospitality, we'll stay for one week. But if you don't, we'll stay for a month or maybe three months. So, so, so... <laughs> So the way I was trying to 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 make a parallel of that with the gentleness, because if you're if you're gentle and kind, it'll 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 be it'll take less time to settle. Anyway, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll just move on. I'll leave that for your reflection. Satan, oh, it'll take two. I have a Farsi poem. Uh, wait, wait for that, DG. Wait for that. Anyway. So, fatigue. Fatigue. Tiredness. It's normal. It's just tiredness. It's just tiredness. So, so when it shows up, if it shows up again, of course, of course, right on time. Right on time. This is what one of my teachers, Gil Francis, likes to say, right on time. This is what's supposed to happen, of course. Right on time. Right on time. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. You can apply that to anything else. I'm anxious. Right on time. I'm bored. Right on time. It all happens right on time on retreat. And a trick I also want to share with you, it's not so much a trick, but it's a practice, really, for sleepiness. So is uh, standing meditation, really. So you work with it, you, with the sleepiness, you, you give your body what it needs, and there's some times that you actually you want to work with your edge. And those times, it is perfectly healthy to, to get up, to actually stand up, open your eyes. Opening your eyes bringing, is, brings a lot more energy in. And it's really hard to fall asleep if you're standing up with your eyes open. If you manage, let me know. <laughs> that, that'll be a first. But get up, stand up. Standing meditation, it's, it's encouraged. I've spent a lot of time doing standing meditation. And I actually particularly encourage people in the first row to do standing meditation because then that encourages everybody else who sees them to do that. Sometimes I even do it up, up here to encourage people. So standing meditation. And, and if you... Um, happen to fall asleep in the hall, then that becomes sound meditation for the rest of us. Okay. And it becomes also not just sound meditation, but also noticing the reaction to the sound. Like, oh, it shouldn't be happening. You know, they shouldn't be falling asleep in the hall. They shouldn't be snoring. Like, whoa, notice all of that. Wow. Judgment. Okay, judgment arising. Okay. Who said it's supposed to be completely silent in the meditation hall? It's all these expectations that we have, that, that conditions are supposed to be perfect. If you seek perfection in life and in your practice, in everything, if you seek perfection, you're setting yourself up for a lot of suffering. We, we all know that, but yet we do it. We keep doing it over and over. Speaking of a quiet meditation hall, I love this story from <clears throat> Bikonalio who shared this um, 
the details, I'll try to remember the details as much as possible, but the gist of it is this, that I think he was practicing, he was uh, practicing in, I think, Burma, or um, actually, I don't remember the country, but maybe it was Thailand, maybe it was Thailand. Um, anyway, um, and and at the monastery, the, uh, the, the all the monks were sitting, and it was an afternoon where... Um, uh, a, a person came outside and was 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 mowing the lawn, and it was really really loud. So all the monks went to the abbot and complained that it was really loud in the hall. Please tell this person to stop doing you know stop doing um, yard work during our meditation time. So and the abbot says okay, and goes and talks to uh, the person who was mowing the, ma- uh, the uh, mowing the lawn and says okay, what time were you doing it? at this time okay from now on every day at that time i want you to come and mow the lawn (laughs) in order to to not create these perfect conditions to work with these imperfect conditions if you expect quiet that your your meditation will be perfect if everything is right if there's no no one outside mowing the lawn well surprise You'll, you'll be setting yourself up for a lot of suffering. So, so another pointer that I want to share with the, especially with the new people, I think the experienced people know this already. You come here, you set yourself up to meditate, and um, you sit down, and your mind does anything but settling. Um, and again, that's just what happens. Monkey mind, monkey mind, take heart. It's all part of the process. Be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. It was said this morning by Pam in the instructions, be gentle, be kind. We cannot say that enough times. If there's one thing you remember from this talk tonight, besides the joke that didn't land, uh, is be gentle. Be gentle. Just two words. Be gentle. Be gentle. Be kind with yourself, especially as you're settling. Especially in these first few days as you're settling. Be gentle. Be kind. Give yourself, um, as you are being gentle with yourself, let yourself feel supported by nature. Let yourself be supported by the grace of this beautiful land, by the beauty, by the turkey, by the deer, by the trees, by the grass, by the fabulous food that the cooks pour their heart into, by the good fortune that you have to be here recounting that. Let yourself be supported. And if it supports you, I know the weather is pretty chilly, but but going for walks outside, sitting outside perhaps, just letting yourself sit in nature, be supported by it. I, I find that supportive in my practice. And let and let the schedule be a support for you also. Especially if you're new, give yourself to the schedule. You don't have to decide, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I? No, just just give yourself completely to the schedule. Make it simple. Make your life here very simple. 
Be gentle with all parts of you. Be gentle with the part that is tired, is exhausted, that has been driven so hard. Be gentle with the part that is grieving if you've had a loss, if you're sad. Be gentle with the part that is restless. Be gentle with the part that's sad. Be gentle with the part that's joyous. The imperfection of our body, our mind, our relationships, our work, our society, our world is the sacred crucible of our life that forges us. As it comes up, be gentle with all of that. Be gentle with all of it. I'd like to share a poem that you've heard, I'm sure, well, not I'm, I'm not sure, but it's, it's been shared a lot. It's called The Guest House, and it's by Rumi. And I'll share it both in English and a part of it in, in Farsi, and I know at least one person in this room understands Farsi. So here we go. The Guest House by Coleman Barks. The translation is by Coleman Barks. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So I, I really appreciate the, the, the um, imaginative and the, um, the translation of Coleman Barks, and he usually brings together different parts of different poems and puts them together. I want to, since, since I can speak Farsi, I want to share actually a little bit of this poem and give you a little bit of a context of it in Farsi and how it relates to the practice that we're doing here. So, Rumi says, Hast mehman khane in tan e javan. Har sabahi zayf no ayad davan. Hin magu kin manan... هین مگو کین ماند اندرگردنم که همکنون باز پا The font is a little funny. Let's try, let me try that again. هین مگو کین ماند اندرگردنم که همکنون باز پرد در ادم هرچ آید از جهان قیب وش در دلت زیف است او را دار خش So a better translation, perhaps, a, 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 what's, what's interesting about the poem is the idea of, of the guest. So in the Persian culture, when you have guests, no matter who and what the guest is, um, it's not so much entertaining them, but, but keeping them well, being kind to them, being gentle, being kind to your guests. So whatever guests arise, arise in this body. Every, every morning, a new guest, every moment, a new guest arrives in your body, in your mind, in your heart. 
How many guests did you have arriving in your body and mind today? Really, just think about it. Did you want them all? No, probably not. Is there anyone who wanted all the guests they they received today? Anyone? No one. Not a single person. Did anyone have guests you didn't want to arrive? Yeah, I I had guests today I didn't want to show up. I had pain. I I was working with pain today. Yep, here it is, pain. Okay, all right. Hello, guest. Okay, you're here. Okay, here, sit, have some tea, have some baklava. Let's, uh, let's talk, hang out. Because what happens if you, if you try to, to um, if you hate the guests, if you want them to leave right away, first of all, they're not going to leave anyway, right? It becomes a standoff. You know, they sit, you, you make friends, you talk with them. Tell me your story. What's happening? What's up? Why are you here? You sit with them, you talk, you, you chat, and then they leave, and another guest arrives. It's all much easier with gentleness and kindness. Even the guests we don't want, is, it's the guests that make us feel we're sitting in the, in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the crucible. Speaking of fire, I want to end with or the, one of the last things I want to share is actually an acronym that I've come with, come up with, which is surprise, fire. And I offer this tool, this acronym. Um, as a way to to help settle you in the next day or two. So the fire, this this fire, may it also bring fire into your practice. The F stands for friendliness. The I stands for intention. The R stands for relax, relaxation. And the E stands for enjoy. So let me tell you why, why this can be a helpful acronym, helpful fire for your practice. The friendliness, as I've talked about it, this kindness, this gentleness, this friendliness. You can ask, can I meet this too with friendliness? Whatever arises, whatever guest is arriving at your door, in your body, in your mind, in your heart. Can I meet this with friendliness? If the answer is yes, then meet it with friendliness. Okay, here you are pain, here you are sorrow, here you are heartache, okay. Let's be together, let's sit together. Yeah, you too, I can meet you too with friendliness. And if the answer is no to that question, no, I can't be friendly to this. I want it to go away now. I don't want to be sitting with this. That's okay. That's okay too. Can you be friendly with that? Can you be friendly to not being friendly? You see what I'm saying? And it's like, yep, I totally accept my resistance right now. I'm friendly that I don't... Ex- be friendly with that. Okay, I don't... I, 
what this this pain that has arisen, I don't like it. Can I be okay with that? Can I be friendly towards that not liking? Because what what can happen is, okay, for example, there's a pain, you don't like it, and then you don't like that you don't like it. You hate yourself for not being a good Buddhist, a good yogi, and, and not being friendly. You, you see what I mean? And then you really get tangled up. But if you actually accept, and if you're friendly with, say, not being friendly, then at least you have a place to stand on. You have a, you have a foot to put down, and, th- and that's where you can continue the practice. So friendliness. The second is intention. It's really helpful to get in touch with your intention. At the beginning of every morning, beginning of every sit, beginning of every walking period, or even during, when you get lost, when you get (laughs) lost in whatever is coming up, going back to your intention going back to your intention, whatever the intention is. My intention is to awaken. My intention to be kinder. My intention to be, is to be awake. My intention is, is to be free from suffering. My intention to, is to dot, 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 whatever it is, go back to that high, your highest intention. Get back in touch with it over and over again. The R for relax. Again, we can't emphasize relaxation enough. Relax. When in a bind, relax. When you forget all the instructions, relax your body, relax your mind. Relaxing is also synonymous for letting go, embracing, accepting. So relax. The mind can only settle, can only relax if the body is relaxed. It took me years to figure this out. When the body is completely relaxed and soft, then the mind can naturally relax and soften. See this for yourself. Don't take my word for it. There's a one-to-one relationship between a relaxed body and a relaxed mind. This is really, really, really important. Really. And the E in the fire is for enjoy. You know, if your practice is not joyful, then you wouldn't want to do it, right? You can't force yourself to do something that's hard. With, when you do friendliness and relaxation, that already sets you up for enjoying the practice. Because if your body is relaxed and if you're friendly towards everything that is arising, naturally, that sense of finding joy and delight that naturally comes up, then you don't have to force yourself. Then you can naturally fall in love with the practice because you're enjoying it. Then you want to do it. You want to walk. You want to sit. You want to do it because you're enjoying it. Have you noticed when you have a hobby that you love, you enjoy, you just do it for hours. If you love dancing, for example, you just, you do it. It's not for a reason. It's not for a goal. You do it because it's, it's, it's a joy. So with relaxing, being friendly and, and find the joy, see where the joy is, see where, where there is delight, see 
see where there is this the sensation, the feelings of of ease, of spaciousness, even if it's just a tiny little bit, if there's a little, little flicker, then grow it. Really allow that sense of joy in your practice to expand. And again, don't seek perfection. It's okay. It's okay. Whatever arises is okay. I want to bring in something from Pema Children on failing. To arrive, to fail, to fail again, to fail again, to fail again, and completely embrace the, the failing, the failure. It's, it's a bit of a problematic word that I'm using, fail, but I want to no- neutralize and normalize it because we're so afraid of things not going right. But when you completely embrace it, when you completely embrace, ah, it takes the, the, the pain out of expecting things not to go well. Oh, this, this sit was a, is a complete failure. I can't sit. I can't. Oh, my mind is all over the place. Ah, great. I'm failing, completely embracing it. Great. This is great. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to be gentle. This is what my mind is like. It's, it's a monkey mind Buddha right now. I'm sitting as a monkey mind Buddha. This is what's happening. So Pema Children says, fail, then fail again. And then maybe you start to work with some of the things I'm saying. And when it happens again, when things don't work out, you fail better. In other words, you're able to work with the feeling of failure instead of shoving it under the rug, blaming it on somebody else, coming up with a negative self-image, all of those futile strategies. Fail better means you begin to have the ability to hold what I call the rawness of vulnerability in your heart and see it as your connection with other human beings and as a part of your humanness. Failing better means when these things happen in your life, they become a source of growth, a source of forward, a source of out of that place of rawness, you can really communicate genuinely with other people. So embrace, embrace whatever is. If, it's, if, it's, if it is failure, embrace that completely. It's, it's not really failure. Again, it's a playing with words. But whatever arises, the, the mind not selling, embrace that completely. And that extends to, to life. It's, it's, it's not seeking perfection in your practice, seeking perfection in your life, embracing everything that arises in every moment and sitting in the middle of it. So to conclude, if you remember just one thing, remember to be gentle with yourself and relax. Maybe remember fire. Actually, I found that helpful in my own practice at times, especially as I've been trying to settle in and my mind goes off. I just invoke fire. I'm like, oh, what was that? Okay, let's see. F, friendly. Am I being friendly to this moment? Oh, okay. I, intentional. What is my intention for practicing anyway? Why am I on this retreat? Oh, that's the I. 
Ah, relaxation. Whoa, my body's really tight. I really went for a loop with that previous topic that just took me away. Relax, okay. Ah, relax. And E, enjoy. Can I enjoy this moment? Can I be right here, right now? And taking delight in... (laughs) in awareness, in awakeness, and just right being right here, right now in this body. So, so with that, let's just sit together in the fire of our practice together. May you hold yourself with gentleness and kindness as you sit in the fire of your practice. you for your kind attention. I hope it was of some use. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.